Hello and welcome to Servant's Heart Chapel. I am Pastor Daryl, and I hope today's episode is a special blessing to you. Well, it is Mother's Day, and we are going to uh, preach in Romans today. We are not going to continue. We'll continue with chapter 2 in Romans next week. But our our passage, our verse uh, for today's sermon is going to come from Romans. Salary.com, a uh, website where you can look up various salaries, an app name for a website that posts salaries, right? Whether if you decide you want to be an engineer or a doctor, a school teacher or a car repair expert, you can plug in uh, you know, for that job and, and, and even focus in on a particular area of the country and see what people in that particular area, that particular job, <coughs> are getting for their work. And uh, in 2019, they did a little article uh, for stay-at-home mothers. On all the things a stay-at-home mom has to do. I I listened to one podcaster not too long ago. He thought that uh, being a stay-at-home mom, once a child got past the toddler stage, was a disservice to the mom and to the household. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. He's been watching too many TV shows and movies about the listless uh, lazy stay-at-home mom that sits on the couch watching soap operas and eating bonbons, that stereotypical uh, persona. Now, I know there are la- lazy women, lazy men, there's lazy people all over the place, lazy people going to work and do the bare men. I've seen that, lazy people on the job and just do enough to not get fired. Right now, we have a, a lot of lazy people who are getting a whole lot of unemployment, and so they're not motivated to, to go to work and, be, and, and, and lend a productive hand to society. But the reality is a stay-at-home mom, even in this day and age, and yes, even with all the, yes, I, 100 years ago, a stay-at-home mom had to do a lot more physical labor than, than they, they, they do now. You know, instead of scrubbing clothes by hand, we have a washing machine. Um, and so a lot of modern conveniences make it a little bit easier. But there's still plenty to do as salary.com uh, mentions here. A stay-at-home mom serves as an academic advisor, an accountant, an art director, an athletic director, a buyer, a CEO, a coach, a daycare teacher, dietitian, instructor, event planner, Executive housekeeper, facilities director, groundskeeper, interior designer, janitor, judge, laundry manager, logistics analyst, maintenance supervisor, network administrator, photographer, plumber, public school teacher, psychologist, recreational therapist, nurse, social media specialist, tailor, and work-life manager, and I'm, I have a feeling there's probably some more in there that the article failed to even mention. 
And so in 2019 dollars, they figure someone with all of these uh, uh, responsibilities, uh, they estimated would be paid around $178,000, $178,201. So almost uh, $200,000 in salary. That's a lot. That's a lot of value. That's a lot of uh, value that they bring to a household and a community. I think the most important aspect of, of, of the mother uh, is to... Uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. There's some terrible things. Today, on Mother's Day in 2021, we want to talk about motherhood. And in Romans chapter, and we're, I'm just going to read one verse, so you don't need to turn to it unless you just really want to, but Romans chapter 13, verse 7 Pay your obligations to everyone, taxes to those who you owe taxes, tolls to those you owe tolls, respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you owe honor. And today we honor our mothers, and we have a number of reasons why we honor our mothers. <clears throat> we honor our mothers because, first and foremost, they birthed us. Along with the birthing process, the, the pregnancy and, and labor and, and, and physical challenges after delivery, there's a number of things a woman has to deal with in bringing a child into the world. There's the, the usual aches and pain, the morning sickness, the heartburn, the back pain, the fatigue, the leg cramps, the swelling, feet and hands, the dizziness, the shortness of breath, the, the, the hormones going up and down and affecting their emotions all over the place. And then there's some things that are too gross to even mention in public that they have to deal with in order to bring a child into the world. We honor them for the hours of labor and, and the recovery they have to go through afterwards. We honor our mothers because they cared for us. They watched out for us. This was a full-time job for my mom. I remember being very young, probably around three years old, in the backyard. My mom wasn't in the backyard with me, but she was nearby. And I, I was on the back porch, and, 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 and I, I was walking the back porch, and I, I suddenly noticed a spider hanging from a single strand right in front of me. And I kind of freaked out. Mom! And she leaned up the window and said, what? And I said, there's a spider. And she said, well... 
back up. I was like, oh, that option hadn't even occurred to me. As we go through these different things where, where we honor our mothers, there, there are women in our lives who have, in various times, been a mother to us. And it may have just been a very, it may have been spanned for years. Lori did that with a number of young people. She was a mother, not just to her own son, but to, to various young people, uh, teenage and young adult boys and girls who, who desperately needed someone to love them. She was a mother to them. And sometimes it's just a very short period of time. When I was four years old, my mom took me to a daycare. And she only did it one time. She didn't want to do it ever again. She, she took me to a daycare so she could run some errands. And, and, and I, saw, I was there. And I, at one point, I got in trouble for something. Probably didn't listen. And I was, I was told to go sit on the swing as a punishment. And so I sat there. And this, this lady came up. And she sat in the swing next to me and asked me how I was doing. And I said... You know, told her I wasn't doing good, and she and and told her I got in trouble, and so I'm sitting, have to sit here, and and she said, well, why don't you swing? And I said, I don't know how. And so she taught me how to swing. I remember that day. Never saw that woman again. But she said, one moment she was a mother to me. And so you think about not just your own mom, but the ladies in your life that made you the person you are because they were a mother to you. So we honor them today because they cared for us. We honor our mothers today because they taught us. When I was five years old, my mom taught me my first scripture verse for, for, in preparation for a Christmas program, and it was John 3.16. That was the first verse I, I learned for God. And I was four years old when she taught me. I had just turned five before I finally recited it before everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so whosoever, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I've known that verse now for more than 40 years. She, they taught us. Missy taught our children to read. Taught our children to pray. Taught our children to read their Bible. And to love the Lord and, and, and respect authority and, and, and make their beds and, and, and be good citizens in society. tried to teach us. Missy spent years teaching our children school, reading, writing, arithmetic, social studies, science, government, history. She scheduled uh, field trips for them both with 
the, the local co-op and even on their own, they just went and did stuff together. She tried to keep it interesting. Tried to engage the child where they were at and connect uh, what they were trying to learn with what the child was most interested in. We honor our mothers because they taught us. We honor our mothers today because they, they, uh, they kept the home. The, the cleaning, the, the decorating, the fixing things. Turning it from a house to a home. So it looks nice and smells nice and is fresh and, and, and things are taken care of. We honor our mothers today because they encouraged us to live physically healthy lives. Missy would take our kids biking and rollerblading and, and, and we had the, the bay was, was just a, a few minutes to drive from our house in Florida and so she would routinely take them to an area where the kids could swim safely around the bay, a shallow area. She, she tried to get them to eat healthy that was a little bit of a battle sometimes. We didn't realize how much of a battle early on until we discovered some rotting strawberries behind a piece of furniture in our dining room where Cheyenne had snuck those away pretending that she had eaten them. And it became a battle of wills at one time where our daughter went three days without eating much because she refused to eat what we had given her. So Missy began to sneak healthy stuff in their food. She had read up on, on how to, to put different healthy vegetables and things they like to eat, and they didn't realize they were eating this vegetable that they thought was nasty. We honor our mothers today because they planned and executed special days for us. They would prepare for our birthdays and, 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 and hunt for the right birthday present and wrap it and, and make a cake for us. And a, and, a, and a special dinner and, and Missy would go all out from the early in the morning until the very end of the day she, she lavished attention on the child during their birthday. Starting with breakfast in bed. She would also, they would also plan uh, end of school celebrations. They, they work to, we honor our mothers because they work to make uh, special memories for us. I remember, I, I love Christmas season. The reason I love Christmas season is because my mom made it a special time. I remember the, the big, giant record player that everybody had, right? The big, giant cabinet. 
and, and it had it where you could play two records and play one record and then drop down and play the other record. And so we'd have those records playing and have Bing Crosby singing on it and singing the Christmas songs and, and my mom would be in the kitchen making Christmas cookies and I'd go in there to help her with that. And, and that was a special memory for me. Special times. We honor our mothers today because they did all those thankless jobs without complaining. Doing the laundry and cooking and cleaning and, and minor repairs around the house, whatever they could handle themselves, they just do and take care of. And there's, there's no complaining, there's no whining, there's no, I. It'd be easy to, to, to complain, wouldn't it? Missy doesn't see me normally, almost never sees me working. Doesn't know what I do all day. But she knows what she does. And maybe some women are tempted to, 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 uh, to uh, think that. And here I've been working all day and, and I don't know what you've done, but it, it probably hasn't been as hard as my day. So sure, why don't you uh, cook the food and do dishes and take care of the kids for a few hours? Because as far as I know, you've just been goofing off all day. But our, most of our mothers don't do that. They, they know. We honor our mothers because they heal us. They kiss our wounds and somehow that makes it feel better, that bump. That scrape, it feels better when mom kisses it. When Cody was about three or four, he did something and fell and hurt his rear end and insisted that Missy kiss it better. She's like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> they render first aid. My mom, I, I was a dangerous child. If we do, in fact, have guardian angels, my guardian angel, I wore him ragged. Because I lived a very dangerous life as a child. Bloodshed was not uncommon. Stitches were not uncommon. And my mom became very good at first aid. She was also good at psychology when rendering first aid. Back in the day, they, they, thought, they said uh, a good thing to do is to pour hydrogen peroxide on a wound to clean it out. Now we know that causes more damage and it helps. But back then, we thought that was a, an appropriate thing to do, and, and so that's what she did. And it hurts. It stinks when you pour hydrogen peroxide in an open wound. But from the very beginning, she would tell me, now this is going to really tickle. So just so you're aware, it's going to tickle real bad. And you know, I was a young adult before I figured out it actually hurt. <laughs> I was like, hey, she tricked me. I thought it tickled. That's my mind. It tickled. Our moms heal us. They, they hug us when we're down, when we have a bad day, when we suffer a major disappointment. 
We honor them because they heal us. Say, we honor our mothers because they love us. They love us with a self-sacrificial love. They love us with an unconditional love and, and hopefully a Christ-like love. thought it was interesting, uh, and, and one person commented, uh, the prison they worked at, they would get card donations uh, uh, from the local card uh, greeting card companies. You know, after a major holiday, they have all these extras. Well, they would donate it to the prisons. And the most asked for card, can you guess? Mother's Day. Even most hardened criminal. Obviously, there's always exceptions, but for the most part, mom is right there with him. There with him, loving him, encouraging him. <clears throat> There's, you know, a lot of wonderful things. A, 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 a woman of God, a mother, uh, a Christian mother is. And there's a secret <clears throat> to being a mother like this. First off, you got to love Jesus. And not just word, but also deed. Your life has to emulate your love for Jesus Christ. You want to please Him? Because if you don't love Jesus, then the mother becomes selfish, self-centered, controlling, and increasingly bitter. There's an example of that in, in the book from C.S. Lewis, The Great Divorce. There's a mother that's very bitter and controlling, and, and she, she says all she's doing is, is being there for her son and helping him, and she's destroying his life, making him miserable. <clears throat> it's not easy to be a mom. We have to remember during this time the challenges that we face, that we don't live life in a vacuum. There's in fact a spiritual war going on and, and the moms are not exempt. This Tuesday we're getting ready to start our study for the screw tape letters, right? This series of letters written uh, by a fictitious character uh, it was a, a demon who was writing to his nephew on how to keep people from God. <clears throat> well, I happened to come across another of Wormwood's letters that you're not going to find in C.S. Lewis's book. Of course, he wrote a lot of letters, and C.S. Lewis only got a few of them. But this is a screw tape letter on moms. My dear Wormwood... I was thrilled to hear you've been making progress with the mother. You have a good lead from what I hear. She feels overworked, underappreciated, and discouraged. I'm so glad to hear it. If you tread carefully, this can be a great opportunity. With the kids waking her up every hour last night, we already have an advantage. 
A tired mom makes for a more emotional mom, and an emotional mom is a vulnerable one. I do have a few tips. First, aim your best efforts at her marriage. As you know, we cannot do much with a unified marriage. Luckily for us, a cranky and exhausted wife can do wonders to change that. We must convince her that her husband is no longer the friend and ally she first married. Instead, we must reveal every sin and selfish habit, especially drawing attention to his thoughtless actions, malintended or not, against her. Sometimes it's the less obvious things, things the husband doesn't even realize we can use to offend her the most. When he comes home from work and dumps his things on the counter nearest the door, instead of hanging his coat or putting away his keys, let her think of it as a direct assault on her work at home as a housekeeper. When he tracks mud in with his shoes, let her think it's because he does not love her. Such extremes of thought may seem ridiculous to you or I, but to the exhausted mortal woman, it can seem possible. Your goal is to make her think the husband does not notice, or even better, that he does not care about her efforts at home. Secondly, do what you can to keep her focused on her troubles and pains. Remind her how much her back aches, how draining the children were all day, and how many undone tasks still beckon her. Do not let her wonder what difficulties her husband faced that day or whether his back might also be aching. Valuing others above oneself is one of those silly, though strangely effective tactics of the enemy. If she stops to make him a cup of coffee, the next thing you'll know, she'll be rubbing his shoulders and flirting with him on the couch. It can progress out of your control if you're not careful. Along those lines, be sure the mother starts to value productivity above everything else. Have her wake up early and work nonstop until bedtime. If the husband relaxes... If the husband relaxes in the evening with an hour of computer gaming, be sure the wife notices the pile of unfolded laundry or unswept floors. <clears throat> Do not let her grab a book and relax alongside her husband. Diligence often in the enemy's is often one of the enemy's virtues when overdone can be used to our advantage as well. Convince her that as long as there's a shred of work to be done, and there always is, no one should be resting. Then as she falls and sweeps and he sits, you can introduce the sweet bitterness of resentment. A word of caution here. Remember, the love of a husband can be dangerous to our cause. If he senses her unhappiness, he may begin to help or even worse, show her affection. This is where previously planted seeds of resentment can be guided into full bloom. Make her think that his displays of affection are because he only wants one thing. Do not let her view his help with the dishes or kisses or cuddling as having pure motives. If he shows his desire for her, convince her that she is being used, not loved. As we both know, the ultimate act of marriage can bond them together in a way that can undo much hard work on our part.
Because of this, do not allow her to prioritize and act on her mental to-do list. It is in our best interest to keep the wife busy, 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 and make sure she's far too exhausted to even consider it by the end of the evening. Now on to the children. Lovely little opportunities for us, the children, especially the little ones. We all know that children are our favorite tool of the enemy. He calls them blessings and gifts and calls the parents to lay down their lives for them just as his son did. Insane, I know. We must convince her that the obnoxious little people she has charge of are not really worth her sacrifice. When the mother first dreamed of having children, she probably imagined large, innocent eyes and chubby, happy grins taking up the majority of her days. Do your best to shatter those expectations. Instead, draw attention to how much they take from her. Let them take and take and take and need and need and need until the mother feels totally spent. Let them start crying at the same time for the most irrational of reasons. Let the noise bother her. Let her bad, their bad behavior surprise her. Do your best to make the day-to-day monotony of diaper changes, meals, and baths seem simultaneously overwhelming and beneath her. Let her think of all the better, more important things she could be doing with her life if only she didn't have the children. Let her think about the future responsible, faithful adults. She, or don't let her think about the future responsible, faithful adults she is raising. Society, changers, friends, co-workers, husbands, or wives, don't let her think of them as lifelong companions who will love her, converse for her, converse with her, and care for her in old age. And oh, don't definitely don't let her think about the grandchildren she might be able to see in their chubby little faces if she looked hard enough now. No, no, no. Thinking ahead to when her work bears fruit, as the enemy calls it, is a bad idea. Keep words like heritage or legacy far away from the running noses and jelly stains of the day-to-day. If there's any last piece of advice I have for you, Wormwood, it is to keep the mother looking to her husband or family for her fulfillment and comfort. We know the enemy is always watching and willing to take the burdens of his children. But if we divert the mother's attention well enough, this fact can be forgotten. Make her look to her husband for worth and affirmation. Then when he lets her down, as he is sure to do, she will be ours to torment. Yes, the worst thing that could happen would be for her to turn to him with her needs and inadequate turn to him as in God with her needs and inadequacies. Once she realizes that the enemy offers a peace that transcends her situation, our work could be utterly compromised. Your malevolent uncle screw tape. I thought that was pretty good and worth sharing today. Reminder to our moms, you are not alone. God is with you. You have an important, an important peace, important responsibility in this life that has an eternal impact. And don't think for one minute that your efforts do not count. They don't have a value. Today we honor you for all these things and more. And we thank the Lord for mothers. That's all for today. We certainly hope it was a blessing to you. 
If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at servantsheartchapel at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go to servantsheartchapel.org. Have a wonderful day.